0: Okay, hey, so welcome back Hi. we're here for our first book of the series first true episode first real episode so we're young jedi knights heirs of the force the first in the Jedi Shadow trilogy? The first of the Jedi Shadow yeah, yeah. trilogy <laughs> in the Young Jedi Knights series. Yeah. So I guess we should just like briefly cover what happens in the book. Yeah. And then dive in. Yeah. And maybe introduce ourselves again. Right, those, right. Yeah. Makes sense. So I'm Meg Fariello. And I'm Caroline Guthrie. Welcome to Adolescence After Alderaan. Yes. That's how excited we are to discuss yeah. this book that I was just ready to fly past. We've, we've been holding back for days <laughs> of discussing this. So this book comes out in 1995. It's written by Kevin J. Anderson or Rebecca Moesta, and Malata, who I believe were married. They were, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the plot is basically we meet Jason Jaina, who I think we've met in other books before. I guess we're going to probably come back to this. This is not the first time, I think, in the um, expanded universe that they show up. But it's the first time we see them as, like, not babies. Right. I'm I think that frank. they, sh- I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on the publication order, yeah. but this has to have come after books in which Luke established his Jedi Academy, yes, right. you know, books and where, so this is the first time Jason and Jaina are really like seizing the spotlight of their own, right. their own story. The story, the story. Um, and so it's very much an establishing book of this Jedi Academy, what it's like to be a young student at the Jedi Academy and we follow Jason Jada and their two friends, Tanelka and Lobaka, Loba. <laughs> who is related to someone that we know very well. Yeah, exactly. And North. so we get a little bit of what their daily routine is like, and which we'll talk about. And then ultimately, they are just sort of off exploring Yavin 4, yeah. and they find an old uh, TIE fighter, which is left over from Star Wars A New Hope the the attack on the Death Star there this Tie Fighter crashed on Yavin Four and they like well here it is let's let's rebuild it let's make it fly right. just as this like test of individual prowess right. I guess install a hyperdrive because we have one right. <laughs> and um. the, it turns out that the pilot of that Tie Fighter is still on Yavin Four sort of in the style of like a Japanese World War II holdout right. he's a Imperial TIE fighter pilot, holdout. Yeah. Still very much dedicated He's to really the so entire 23 years later. His whole heart's in the cause. And he, I mean, there's not like a huge confrontation. No, and I, I want to talk about that. <laughs> The structure of the story itself. Well, maybe that's enough and we can, yeah, we can figure sort of, it out as we go, say, a little bit more. Yeah, and I think maybe the first, since we'll be spending quite a lot of time, with, With these books and yeah. these characters is to maybe talk about the characterization of, and the pronunciation, because I've always pr- pronounced it Jocelyn. <laughs> I know you say Jason. I, I say Jason because I had an audiobook so you're right. That he appeared in as a child, so that's where I got. So it, it. might take me a while to like reconfigure my brain um, to pronounce it correctly. Uh, but he is the first of the two twins that we meet. Right. Um, we start with his, and that's another thing to touch on: is the way that the book is written is like a third person narrator that alternates like primary perspective characters by chapter. So we'll have right. like a Jason chapter and a Jaina chapter, and they're our main ones. But we also get a Lobaca chapter, right. a cho- Droid chapter. Yeah, it was like was shocking. When got <laughs> that. Because it, it assumes that it, we'll talk about it. He yeah. has feelings, right? <laughs> and emotion. He has like subjectivity. Right. Right. Um, beyond like his, you know, whatever is in his computer head, like he feels things. Right, <laughs> things right. So we we start with Jason in his room. Right. Yeah. His room is full of creatures that he's collected. He's the the like primary personality trait of Jason is that he is an animal lover, and his like special force ability, which I think is a term that they do use in the book, is that he can sort of communicate. With animals, he's very um, attuned to, like, their needs. They seem to like him a lot. Um, he, he's just, like, jo- Jason, and I love her. Like, that is, That's his, like, that thing. is his thing. <laughs> right, and Jaina's thing is that she is, like, a mechanic. Yes, she can tinker. Right, she builds things, yeah. takes things apart, puts things back, back together. Yeah. Um, and I guess I have a lot of, I have a lot of, Thoughts about the <laughs> characterization of Jaina? Yes. Um, oh, yes. No Jaina's. No, <laughs> like, maybe we should just dive into that. So this book came out in 1995, and the reason that I bring that up again is that that puts us uh, four years after the release of Terminator 2, which yes. was a huge hit, and right. two years before the release of the first episode of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series. Right. And this is like a very sort of specific uh, portrayal of like a strong woman yes. that I think is really I mean, inflected with that Linda Hamilton Terminator yeah. 2 kind Even of characterization. Like her appearance, I feel like. Yeah. It's so much, and it's really interesting to bring that up. And what I found very interesting, and I'm sure you know this about the book too, is how often, like, her appearance is talked about. And, like, not in a – you know, it's not in a negative way, but it's always, like, her being very uncomfortable with, like – not being as pretty as her mother. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Which is a little bit strange and an interesting characteristic, especially because I feel like Jason doesn't get that much depth in this first book as she... as she uh, No, she has, like, I have that written down in my notes, that she has a really fraught relationship with her own, like, femininity. Yes. um, That, like, she doesn't want to like not taking any effort in her appearance is, like a point of pride for her right. she doesn't want to be seen to be trying right uh, but she does also like want her father to think she's pretty right but she doesn't want anyone to know that she wants right. her father to think she's pretty yeah. and it does seem all tied to like there's multiple mentions of like Princess Leia's hair and how beautiful Princess Leia was. And it's most, I mean, it's, I think it's all internal, like, it's all her internal thought. That there's, like, some connection to, like, I'm not as beautiful as my mother (laughs) was, which is super, like, it's a super interesting thing to bring up, like, immediately as we're talking. Yeah, that's, like, really how how we get to know her, is this idea that she's very... It's like her only real connection to her mother, as far as we see, is this right. idea of like her mother's beauty, which is, in some ways, I think, really sad for Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, I remember, she's done so much, um, right? She's but, like basically in charge of the galaxy. Yeah, at but this point. It, it, and I guess we'll see more because I'm pretty sure she turns up she in the next yeah. book. Uh, what she's up to, but in this book, the way she's talked about, it seems really like she's just sort of like a celebrity. Who's very pretty. Right. Like when they talk about (laughs) what she's famous for, she's not famous for being like a leader or a politician or anything like that. She's famous for her hairstyles. Right. And yeah, when they go into the the sort of like main chamber of Yavin Four to like have a sort of lecture with Master Luke Skywalker, we can talk about that. (laughs) Also, um, it's the same room in which they had the ceremony where they put the medals on Chewie Han and Luke in A New Hope. We did not get it that. Stood in the back. <laughs> Rory is the idiot. That's all we got. Um, and so, like, it comes up there as well where they like talk about having watched like vids of that. Yeah, historical historical videos. And and then and she says, I think that's the one time she says it out loud that like. Mother looks so right, beautiful. and it's also noticeable that she says like "mother looks right. so beautiful," right. like sort of like detachment almost. That like yeah, she doesn't call her mom in, in other Another moments, moments, they say yeah. mom, but in that moment they say she says mother, yeah, which is right. very like formal. Yeah. And Jason says like and Dad looked like such a pirate. Yeah. Um. So. <sighs> yeah, it's interesting. I I think hopefully this will come up more in the books to come. Right. Um. And it does seem that like. Aside, I think, maybe from Lobaka, who doesn't quite have, like, a parental... Right, Chewbacca's just his uncle. Right, like, but, like, for Tanel too, there is this sort of... And we get a little bit of that, like, a little taste of that in this first book, that there is also a kind of, like, trying to live up or either separate yourself or stand out from the sort of stories and sort of legends of um, the parents absolutely yeah. but yeah it's just a bo- I was really bothered with like Leia's only if you hadn't seen Star Wars and you read this movie I mean right. I re- you read this movie you read this book you would be confused but you also like you would have no reason to think that like Leia had ever achieved anything yeah. like, interesting ever right. like Han you get those kind of things right away that he's I mean even saying like he looked like a pirate right it, like that implies a degree of like personality and interestingness that's right. beyond just being pretty yeah and it's sort of interesting just like in a more general general way that Luke and Han show up, like physically show up in this book and Leia does not. Does not. And there's an opportunity to hear her voice that's not taken advantage of because they say like, oh, here's like a recording, like a video yeah. or whatever that your mom sent to you. Yeah. And she puts it in her pocket and it doesn't come back up. Right, so right. like we don't know what, she said. what Leia had to say to yeah. her children. Yeah, that was another thing. And this is more of a – Small thing. But, like, they don't have, like, text messaging in space. Like, it seems... <laughs> like, I know the technology is, like, a sort of complicated thing with Star Wars, and it sometimes seems, like, more advanced and oftentimes doesn't. But, like, there's no possibility that, like, they could just, like, check in. Like, he has Han has to physically bring, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, a rec- like a record of right yeah eye. like she can't like beam in like I thought that was sort of interesting I mean, sort of like I mean in, that's another interesting sort of structural thing going yeah. on in these books is that they're trying to tell their own story but in a lot of ways they in I mean I think in my opinion it's a little too much time reworking like moments you remember from the movie yes so, and, like quotes. and quotes from the movies, uh, which would really sort of jar me. Yeah. So this idea that like here's a a physical recording of right, Princess right, Leia right. that's been delivered to you right, is right, very right. much like a New Hope. But you have, I would think that there were extraordinary circumstances going on in a New right. Hope, and sure, you had to go like send someone to physically find Obi Wan out in the desert where right. he didn't have they anything. Call him. <laughs> <laughs> but you really, you can't call. The Jedi Academy, just right. to say hi from Coruscant, which is like the main planet, yeah, like has the most technology and the most ability to be yeah, able the, to contact the, the entire of, planet as a city, right? Um, yeah, I also am interested, and I don't know if maybe this will because I think they do in one of the, at least one of the books, if not multiple, go back to Coruscant. They do, um, it might be in the next it one, it might be in the next one. And like they talked a lot about the tutoring <laughs> of Coruscant, so I was like, super interesting, I had that too. So that's another thing is in ways in which things feel, like, older yes. as opposed to more modern. So it's like you have these children who are the two – they're the children of, like, important people. Right. Um, you know, royalty or dignitaries or whatever. But right. they're the children – it seems like that they have not attended a school before. No. That they are, like – tutored and brought up by, like, governesses yeah. or... droids. Droids. Sometimes, because they talk about the stuffy tutors, and then they also talk about the tutoring droids. Yeah. So I don't know if they tried, like, multiple methods <laughs> or... <laughs> Nothing was working. If the tutoring yeah. droids were stuffy. Yeah. Um, and how old are they exactly? Because we know Lobaka's 19, which I think is, like, they mention is very young. For a Wookiee. For a Wookiee. So the twins are 14. They're 14. Okay. So... Fourteen. Fourteen. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Because at first I was like, are they supposed to be, like, sixteen? And I that felt, like... Too much. Too old. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot of moments of childishness. That, and that's not, like, a negative thing no, in, no, yeah. in the Young Adult novel. But to go back to the sort of initial place where we start with Jason and his animals in yeah. his room. Like, it's interesting because there's an opportunity to sort to Troubled jason's connection to his own masculinity in the same way they've right. troubled jana's connection to her femininity right. but they really don't, they don't yeah. do that right like there's no indication that jason feels insecure because he's such like a a nurturing person that he doesn't right. know anything about how things work or anything like that He's right. not like a macho dude and i think some of that is that he, they're all about him loving animals but he seems to love animals the way that like Teddy Roosevelt and, like, the naturalists of that era love animals where you love animals so much that you, like, hunt them to extinction so that you can put their... You want to put them in a cage. Yeah, you want to, like, put them somewhere and study them. And so they have a, like, part-time antagonist at school. Yeah, who... I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt, like, leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) He he didn't seem... I mean, he's annoying. Like, and, you know, he raises his hand a lot. He's super eager. But, like, that's not always a terrible thing. I don't know. The antagonism, to me, wasn't established enough to warrant how much they seemed to dislike No, him. I was really on Raynard's side. I was, too. Side <laughs> he has great style. Pretty know. much every issue. How he dresses. And yeah. So, we meet the same... We meet... Raynar, uh, Mm. because one of Jason's animals, a dangerous crystal snake, has, like, escaped its enclosure and headed Mm. off into the temple, and Jason is like, oh, you know, I have to find it, or else Raynar is just going to use this as an excuse to demand that I move all these animals outside, just, like, some sort of outdoor enclosure, which seems incredibly appropriate. Like, you should not have all these animals in your room. Especially ones that are, you know, a fish or something, fine, but these are, (laughs) some of them... Are very dangerous. <laughs> very, very dangerous. So I was on Raynor's side with that. I was on Raynor's side with, like, asking questions during lecture, yeah. which apparently people are really against. But, yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be there to learn. Right, right. And, yeah, they were sort of making fun of him for, like, dressing in a certain way. Yeah, dressing ostentatiously. I mean, I guess, in some ways, we you we learn about who characters are via, like, what they dislike. And it seems like what they dislike about Raynor is that he does not, feel any need to, like, put his, put distance between himself and his, like, privileged background right. in a way that all of our right. other characters right. do. Yeah, he seems, like, very proud of where he comes from and his parents are some sort of, like royalty. Yeah. Apparently royalty is just a dime a dozen. Yes. And, if you're royalty, there's like a good percent chance that you're also four sensitive. Yeah, and at the Jedi Academy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also raises the question of like how are people being recruited for the Jedi Academy? Like who gets to come to the yeah. Jedi Academy? Because I mean, it's not what it was. It doesn't seem like being a Jedi necessarily, like, tees you up for a career in the New Republic the way it did in the Old Republic? So is this just, like, a prestige thing? Like, you go to the Jedi Academy and you get that. It seems like it might be becoming, at this point, kind of, like, classed in a way that... It seemed very strange. And also just, like, the structure of, like, what they were learning and their day-to-day, which seems like... It's, like, maybe an hour of, like, a story. Yeah. And then you go off and you can do whatever you want. Anything. Like, anything. And, like, you're supposed to be practicing, like, very tame, simple force ability. But, like, you don't have to. Like, nobody's watching you. No. There doesn't seem to be any kind of, and I mean, obviously, I understand that a Jedi Academy can't exactly be, like, a normal school. But there doesn't seem to be any kind of follow-up to make sure that you're learning or trying. Right. At all. And I mean, I actually wrote that down, like, on the second page of my notes is, is anyone going to teach anyone anything ever at right. this school? Right. Like, exactly. right. And Luke doesn't give grades. Like, that's very clear from the beginning that Luke's sort of... Just do your own thing. Right. But I mean, I guess that's a, an issue. As I, as I recall, and I'm sure we'll get to it eventually, when Luke first starts his Jedi Academy in in Jedi Search, yeah. he's recruiting adults. Like, he recruits adults, like force people, yeah. for sensitive people who are grown, who have established themselves and all that. And that makes – this is a model that makes sense for adults. Right. That if you you want to come and you want to learn, like, fine, I'll come out and I'll, like, give you some – I'll give you a thought for the day. Right. And then you go and, like, meditate and you have questions, you come let me know. And right. yeah. But when you record – when you have 14-year-olds, like – part of the job of having 14-year-olds at your boarding school is teaching them to do stuff, but the other part is to finish raising them. Right, right. And, like, none of that work no. is being done here. Yeah, and and we get some of that from Tion, who's the only other teacher that we meet. And I think she's only there because she's a substitute teacher. Yeah. I don't think she's usually there. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where, because and she was one of the Jedi from the Jedi Academy trilogy that we meet originally, who I, like, vaguely remember from those books, um, and who apparently Jocelyn has, like, a <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that, you know. um, but yeah, I don't know. Are there other like Jedi who have gone through the Jedi Academy who are sort of helping with this? Or is it just Luke? It seems like it just... Like, I know that Kip Duran yeah. shows up in another yeah. book yeah. at some point, um, but not because he's here to... He's just running around, and yeah. God knows we'll get through his story in <laughs> oh, his own so time. Right it. um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a weird... And I think maybe, like, when we go back to the Jedi Academy and read through those three novels, this might make a little more sense. I I think a lot of the expanded universe, at least from my memories of it, is, like, how Luke fails and like, <laughs> trying to create some kind of Jedi training, Jedi program, new Jedi to sort of fit the new... The new need. Like, well, and new... that, in some ways, does resonate with where they went in the movies yes, is right. that like it he it doesn't work the way he expects it to. And it right. can't work the way he expects it to. And I mean but in the in this book, it feels like a lot of that is like he's just not doing the work. Yeah. Like, it's like nobody's doing anything. He's, <laughs> even the very basic stuff like this Moon is apparently populated with, like, insane nightmare monsters that will come from the darkness and murder you at any moment. And it doesn't seem like anyone knows what they are, or where they are, or when they might come out, or, like, have taken any precautions whatsoever. There's not a fence around the Jedi camp, like, you know, I was a camp counselor for a summer, and we would often... Kids this age, and you know, we would go to like Disney World as a traveling camp, and have them just like go out and like every hour you have to come in and check in with us and just like make sure you're alive. Yeah, like there's none of that. Like there's no. It takes them a really long time to realize like Jason, Jaina, Tanelka, and Lobaka are missing in the first place. Right. And it's not until Lovaka comes back and is like panicked that they're like, oh, is there a problem? Yeah, and is been gone here? for hours? Yeah, I mean, they also so this is an interesting thing that doesn't come up that much in Star Wars, which I appreciate that they did was the idea of like this moon being a large amount of space. Yes. So the fact that Lobaka gets this as a gift, sort of like short range flying vehicle, yeah. a hopper. T23 yeah. hopper, hopper, a sky hopper. Sky hopper. Yeah. Um, so they're able to go like further away right. from the Academy, but there's never a question of like whether or not that's allowed. Right. Or so Lobaka- <laughs> if there's, you know, if there's a, rules around how to do that they're just like no here's a spaceship well i guess not a spaceship here's an atmospheric local transportation put it together and it's right. yours you know right. like fly load all your friends and no you don't have enough seatbelts for all these people but that's fine just right. throw jason There's in safety. the back yeah go. <laughs> it's fine. um yeah it's a sort of interesting like setup to how learning mm-hmm. works and and maybe luke's just like well they're they'll explore and they'll do what they find the most interesting and learn. It's a very Montessori method of yes. Jedi training. Sort of setting them up. Um, and maybe we should talk a little bit about our two other. Yes. And then the, the droid. <laughs> I have to say about the droid. Oh my god. Uh, but maybe start with Lobaka. Yeah, so he is introduced, and in a way that. It makes sense as a, a writing method is that we've got our characters who already know each other and right. how do we get to know them in a natural way is to bring in a new character right. yeah, to L'Baka get to know them. And sure. they So Lobaka is a young Wookiee who is Force-sensitive. He's Chewbacca's nephew. Right. And at the beginning of the book, Han and Chewie drop him off, be like, here you go, right. enjoy. <laughs> and he seems to just sort of accept that, like, Jason and Jaina are his friends because – Right, he was introduced. He to them. was introduced yeah. to them first, or because they they haven't met before. Right. Um. But he doesn't even he doesn't even look at any of the other kids at the school. Right. Right. Um. And neither does like the narrative. Like, no. Raynar is the only other character other than the four main ones that gets a name, a right. student character, right? Who, who's even named? Um. Which is interesting because I sort of remember this world being like. A little bit more flushed out as a kid, or like flushed out, rather, um, and maybe that happens like later, later on. Maybe, um, but I was so surprised that like there's not even sort of like a mentioning of no. And there's a lot of focus on like the alienness yes. of the other student. Um, so yeah, like the look of them right that they it's they, like avian looking ones and like ones with like pink yeah, fur or something like reptilian things yeah, sort of like a cantina yeah. style dunkey, description dunkey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 things but yeah I found myself and I didn't remember anything about Lobac other than that he was like che- Chewbacca's nephew I found him to maybe be the more most compelling and like the most likable of yeah them. Um, his inner monologue I thought was really interesting and and I had completely forgotten about the whole like Kashyyyk mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. ritual, the 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 coming of age rituals on Kashik, where you like descend the trees and brave the like carnivorous plants yeah, and, you and get, like, fibers, and you that's how you, you get you, like, your your belt. Um I thought that was like a super interesting because I remember like, Tanaka was always my favorite as a kid, and so like I remember her story so well, and I just didn't remember Lobaka's that much, but, like, his, and his and Tanel Kha's relationship, I find very sweet, and kind of, because they're both sort of outsiders, they both, you know, have trouble communicating in different, very different ways, um, and they're both, like, both very proud of their heritage, but also, sort of, you know, Tanel has this, like, confliction with it, uh, it's sort of an interesting friendship that sort of builds up. Yeah, I them. found, like, Like, Lobaka, I felt like, had the most relatable kind of arc as, like, a young person entering an unfamiliar world. Right. You know, like, obviously, I mean, they try to do that some with Jason and Jaina. We do, we hear about their kind of, like, insecurities and stuff like that. But they are essentially, if not technically at this point, like, royalty. They are from this, like, incredibly privileged background. They have these, like, intense connections to all of our favorite characters. And, you know, they're... Uh, they can only sort of fail upward. Right. Right. Like they have a, just a million different kind of cushions in the way. And Tunnel cause, kind of, we discover like that too that like the worst thing that could happen to her is that she go and be like a princess. Right. Like if nothing works out, then she just to, gets to be a princess of like the most kind of like opulent and luxurious. Yeah. And matriarch. And matriarchal royal family. Yeah, like, I, um, I cannot wait to get to the heaps. <laughs> <laughs> this book. But like Lobaka. You know, it's like a young guy who's just trying to make it work. He's he misses his family. Yeah, he feels uncomfortable in a new setting. I mean, it's obviously different. I was a lot older, but you know, reading his portion was making me remember what it felt like when I went to uh, when I got my MA in uh, New York and like being alone in New York City and, like, not having made any friends yet and, you know, that kind of feeling of, like, alienation from your environment that, like, this is so different than what I'm used to. The pace of things moving around feels unfamiliar, you know, that he has this, like, urge to recreate, like, a familiar setting and all that is just, like, very, um, I found very sort of like emotionally compelling as far as his his arc went. and then this like language barrier that like yeah. literally no one can understand him, and he has to communicate through this droid that right. is like constantly trying to alter <laughs> the message. Right. And I don't like terribly alter it, but like sort of but like foof it up, yeah, a little bit. Um yeah, i was I really loved the bit where he like discovers the trees and like they're not quite as tall as the trees like a chic, but they'll do. and he's like sort of comes into his own when he can sort of climb up these. Really tall trees, and he's you know I, I think because we sort of established that Jaina, Jason, and Tanelka have been friends at least for some amount of time, right? Like the fact that Lowey comes in and is so like gung ho and like you're my friends, you're my people, like yeah, we have like ha- a project to do together, right? It's he's just comes off as a very sweet yeah. character, um, and I really enjoyed sort of reading his his arc through it yeah um I'm also interested in like the history of Yavin 4 and I feel like a lot of that came through <laughs> his, like exploration or like right. them showing him like oh those are the ruins and like you know there's some you know stuff left from the ancient people who were here and like I'm like let's learn about <laughs> yeah the ancient Masasi. Masasi, yeah um which I think I've, I've come up in other Yeah, well they mention in passing Exarcune. Yeah. And Exarchune, I know that he yeah. is a big deal in other other books. Not in this series. Yeah, because at this point they've wrong. they've yeah. already defeated him. Right. Uh, but in other other yeah. books in the expanded like universe. References um, to, things. to things. So I mean like I think that there's a lot that's really really works as far as that stuff yeah. goes, as far you know and in some ways it's the the areas where the authors are the most uh, comfortable like establishing their own stuff? Like, right. Labaka is a purely original character, that right. he does not have to, uh, he hasn't, you know, grown up with the characters from the original movies, he doesn't know them, so he doesn't have to be like thinking of them or defining himself in relation to them. Right. Yeah, we don't even necessarily know how, I mean, obviously he's. Likes Chewbacca, but we don't, uh, don't even know how close he is. Right. To I his mean, Chewbacca is nineteen. He can't have met Chewie like that much, right? right? Like, right. Chewbacca has been very busy right. the last yeah. twenty years. <laughs> like, dead to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, yeah, the 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 places where I feel like it like stumbles or feels awkward is the places where it feels the need to really um, like double down on the connections to the originals, like when Han. Like, oh, you're like a wonderful welcoming committee, and Jason's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Dad, we're no, no, not I, a committee. Yeah, that, oh, <laughs> I, like, groaned out loud. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, oh, yeah. And got, and multiple times I said, I've got a bad feeling about this, which to me is like, the it works in the movies because. Like, nobody knows that that's, like, a catchphrase. Right. It's just, it's, like, something that you, like, blurt out. It's a thing that makes sense to say. Right. And it's it happens in a very stressful situation. And it's not like, oh, I heard Han say this, so, like, I'm also going to say right. this. No, Whereas in the book, it seems like his parents must have grown up saying that, like, nonstop. <laughs> well, and that's the problem with, like, trying to do that is you have to... Think that in within their within the diegesis of right. these stories, the events of the movies are things that happened like once, right? In a in a long and full life, right? Like the right. characters don't relive those moments in the same way that a fan right. does. Right. So the fact that Leia and Han once in a moment of stress had this like I can't discuss it in a committee. I am not a committee right. exchange. The the book sort of posits that that became like a running joke between them. Right, and they, remember it? And they talk vividly. about it. They remember it vividly. They go back and forth about it for years and years. Right, right, and right. Han is always calling Leia committee, <laughs> um, and know, like, it, fight over it. Yeah, and I just don't think that that ever ha- would have happened again, or that either of them would remember it. Right? right? They have a very like bickering Bickerstons kind of thing going yeah. on. I'm sure they've like argued about plenty of stuff, but this like committee thing. Yeah, and it's almost like. I'm- like, implying that maybe it's, like, a genetic, like, <laughs> yeah. like, instead of sort of building, and, like, you do see, I think, maybe not quite as much as I remember, but you see sort of hints of, like, the personality of, like, Leon Han sort of coming through in these two young adults, but, like, you don't quite, it's not quite as much as that sort of, like, pointed sort of hints to, like, oh, but we're, we're mentioning the movies, like, right. remember when this happened, or, um... And so it's interesting, I like, think that's the connection, not necessarily that these characters are like children of characters that you know very well, who right. have like been raised by these people and so sort of have a glimpse of the personality. It's like, no, they actually say the exact yeah, thing that these characters say. They says. say the step. Yeah, and the Maybe we should talk a little bit about Tanel who's my <sighs> favorite character. And <laughs> Tanelka Real another one who and it she's very interesting to me because yeah. it seemed for a long time. Like, we were just not going to get her perspective. Right. Which I found to be sort of an interesting thing on its own. And she, I think, even more than Jaina, has that kind of, like, Linda Hamilton thing going on. Where, like, what is Tindal Kha's defining characteristic? She is muscular. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that is the word they use. (laughs) They're, like, our muscular friend, Tindal Kha. Yeah. And, like, her physical strength is really emphasized even over Lobaka's and like you'd have to think that he would be the strongest one but he's not the one like hauling stuff around or anything like that like it's it's Tenokha and like she's training and she's got amazing cardio and and she like they state in the book that like if she can do it without using the Force, like, anything physical, she's going to do it. Yeah, that she will try not to yeah. use the Force. Yeah, as much as possible. Right, which is really, like, an interesting characteristic. Yeah. Um, and she wears the, like, clothes of uh, Dathomir. Dathomir. Yeah, the... So... Witch- oh, God, I can't remember. The Witches of... There's, like, their clan, is called something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember the Witches of Dathomir. Witches I don't Yeah, they have the singing... Something, there's, I'll look it up for next, <laughs> she comes from like a specific clan, and this is, I think, almost exclusively stuff taken from Courtship of, Court of, Princess, of Princess Leia, light. um, and her parents are Princess soldar who's prince of the sort of Hapian cluster. cluster, I'm fascinated by the Hapian culture, sure. <laughs> weekend, there's a book that deals directly with it, right, that's in the next trilogy, in the next the trilogy, light- the, lightsaber the, the next yeah. trilogy, um, I have a lot to say, but, um, so her father is Princess Solder, and her mother—I'm gonna mess this up—Tenenio, I, th- I, th- I think that's Tineniel right. Tenenio Joe, who um, was also in the courtship of, of Princess Leia, was a pretty main character. Right. So I mean, she's—but we don't—if we we don't know that about her right. until page like eighty something. Yeah. And there's in. only 128 pages. Yeah. So it's very late in the game when. And it's almost, it's like a twist. It's like a reveal yes. that Tinilka is secretly a princess. Right. Like, and then, like, a huge, like, a princess. Like, yeah. Not in the way that, like, Leia was sort of, like, a princess. No, like, but in the way that, like, like Cinderella becomes a princess. Yes. <laughs> like, and a princess of, like, both cult, like, sort of, a very important figure in both of her parents' worlds. So, yeah. I uh, was, like, curious if we weren't getting her perspective because she wasn't, she seemed to have the least depth. She seemed like it was just like a tough girl. Right. And, you know, with beautiful red hair. Yeah, they talk a lot about hair hair, (laughs) Hair and eyes. Yeah. That's how we like talk about, you know, we've got coppery gold hair and liquid brown eyes and mother of pearl eyes, which sounds very disconcerting. Yeah, (laughs) I I had a, a Star Wars encyclopedia and there was a picture of Tion I guess probably from like a comic or something and it's she it seems like a disconcerting I don't <laughs> why Jason would find her attractive but also like whoa <laughs> like, a strange looking woman. yeah so uh, but uh so but then when we do get her perspective she is much more like insecure yes. than you would think which I I mean on the one hand I I really appreciate but I guess. I mean, and they're also all 14. They're all, they've all got to be just eat up with insecurity. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, they're just running around having no idea what's going but on. But Ka seems much more, like, aware of her privilege yes. than the Jedi twins are. Yeah, and it doesn't seem, like, my impression of the twins is not necessarily that they're, like, embarrassed or don't really want to talk about it. It's sort of like, they want to, like, prove themselves worthy of that Right. But they're not history. at all uncomfortable with where they kind of like they, they, there's no like blushing or anything when they're like, oh yeah, our parents like blew up the Death Star and this yeah. is how it happened. Not uh, like, yeah. You know, they try not to call Uncle like in front of everybody, but they slip up. Like they don't seem as like, it's not as much of a sort of like, I don't want everyone to know that like this is who we are. Right. Whereas for Tanelle, it does seem that she's like all about sort of. Stepping away from her parents and and creating her own sort of path. Um, the whole idea that she sort of is like completely against her sort of father's family, family and, and their that seems ideas. to be much more about her grandmother than about yes, her father. Yes. I think she she likes her father a lot, but but that she's like that that world is not for me my this world of like very independent, strong like women who sort of defend themselves against Rancor <laughs> and, and train them that like that is where her heart is and not not necessarily that she wants like be her mother but she right. sort of is like consciously making the decision that like i don't want to be a princess right well and she's also seems to be striking this like attempt to like juggle multiple identities yes. rather than actually find the one that she she and is makes complete sense and she's got, like, almost like a code-switching thing yes. going on, that she's going to figure... She's, rather than being, like, a, a, the way the Jedi twins are, where it's just like, well, I'm just going to be me, right? right? Like, I'm just going to do this. Like, Tinal Ka is much more, like, yeah. chameleon kind of... Yeah, and it's sort of interesting. I think you're right that she's sort of switching between, because there are moments where she has this sort of, like, leadership, and, like, she's so eloquent in that, and you see that sort of Hapian... Side coming out, and then the moments where she's like lugging, you know, <laughs> like, like supplies into the Tie Fighter um, is so much more sort of Dathomir. Um, and I think I, if if I recall correctly, and it sort of hints at it in this first book, that they, the authors do a really good job of making her a very complex character who does have to sort of balance these like wildly different. Yeah. In the same way that her parents have to sort of balance their wildly different backgrounds in order to even like come together um, as a couple. So, like, it's, it's sort of interesting that, and, like, I guess if you never read Corsair, or you didn't know anything about, like, the history of her parents, I'm not sure that that would maybe resonate quite. No, I think, and I'm wondering how much of her, like, apparent woodenness is, like, a front, because if she's primarily growing up in the Hapey's cluster, yeah. which I think she is because she says she spends like a certain amount of time every yeah, year like, on Dathomir. Yes. But I think that she's still like primarily being raised by her parents in the Haping cluster. Like she must know about humor. Yeah, like she must know what jokes yes. are. Solar wasn't like a piece <laughs> of wood. Like he, he was. Not, I love Solar. talk about him? I think he shows up in these books too at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I, it may be just her like being a teenager and being like, guess what? Like I'm. I'm good. I'm at this moment in my life. I'm identifying with my Dathomir like sister witches, and like that's who I am. And right. I'm not. I'm completely like dividing myself from from this other culture. Um, and I think for her character, like that's something that just goes on. Yeah. You know, as we as we get to know her, it becomes a lot more complicated. Yeah, no, she, she is the heir. She is, yeah. She's going to rule the Hapian cluster. Yeah. <laughs> which apparently has a uh, lot of like responsibility and financial yes, power. Well. I do think like one of the things that even as a kid I remember like loving about Tanalka is that she does like even though she's like sort of torn between these two worlds, like they're both these sort of matriarchal, like woman led worlds. Like really strong women in very different ways. Like her grandmother, I think, is a little bit of a bitch if I remember (laughs) correctly. But like, they're they're like, but in that like great like tough grandma kind of way. She's like an amazing character, and and you know she comes from this world of these like witches who sort of like live out in the wilderness. Like she's so. It's both sort of driven by these, like, female... Yeah, it's like, she's got, like, Catherine the Great on one side, and yeah. she's got, like, the Amazons on the other side. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, and, t- like, on the one hand... And, like, Tenelka never seems like she is, like, self-consciously struggling with this idea of, like, her appearance or her femininity right. in the way that, like, Jaina, Jaina is. Yeah. That Jaina... Want, you know, wants to be pretty, doesn't want to be seen to be pretty, is, like, sort of going out of her way to demonstrate that she'll, yeah. like, you know, do undignified things or whatever. And I feel like, in some ways, Tunnel Kha's acting, like, has a much more authentic connection to her, like, physicality. Yeah, like, it seems like she genuinely doesn't care right. about her look. Like, she really does not prioritize that, whereas, yeah. like, Jaina almost seems to be struggling with, like, a, a like a pressure, pressure to be, like, a cool girl. Right, right. right. Like, you and know... Just, like, yeah. You ha- like, you're, you can't try to be looking good, because that's high maintenance, right. but God help you if you do not look good. Right. Like, right. And it does seem like this reaction to her mother, who's just, like, in her mind has this effortless beauty, and right. so, like, her reaction is to be like, well, I don't care. Right. But really, like, she totally
1: cares. She totally <laughs> cares.
0: And they talk about Jason having the same smile as Han Solo, yeah. and, like, that was the other thing that it was, like, they talk about, like, oh, he flashed some of his, like, his father's famous smile, and I'm like... So Leia's hair is famous, right. and Hans' <laughs> smile is famous. These two are just, like, dreamboats yeah. in the galaxy. <laughs> that's what they're famous for. But that's what they're famous for. It. It's super interesting. Not, like, leading <laughs> people to freedom or overthrowing the yeah. empire, but, like, just, they're gorgeous. Maybe we should talk a little bit about, and this is the thing that interests me, is the the way in which the Force is sort of used in this book, and that might lead us into Quarrel, quarrel oh. and the Time Fighter. He also was a character that ends up coming back, I think, quite a lot. He does. And definitely in this trilogy, he's, yeah. we're not, we've not seen the last of yeah. him. Um, and that's this idea of, like, practice. Like, it seems like the Force, whatever kind of, um, you know, pedagogy they have <laughs> uh, at the Jedi Academy, it's a lot of just, like, just, like, practice little things. Right. And, and this whole a- book seems to be about, like, teamwork, first of all, and, like, practice. And in the end, and I think we've mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, is that, like, the the climax of this is not a giant fight, and it's not, like, them really using the Force all that much. No. It's like Han and Chewie coming in. Yeah. And, and saving everybody. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I was really interested because it seemed to go so counter to what we've seen yes. of, like, the Force being taught in yes. uh, Empire Strikes Back where yoda really emphasized like the size of something is irrelevant right. to the like difficulty the minor, of lifting yeah. it you know it's all about like how you're perceiving it in your mind right. and you know it's and in it made me laugh because in the most recent movie in Last Jedi, Luke explicitly says, like, the Force is not just, like, pick, about picking up rocks. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. And in this book, like, 100% all they do, <laughs> all they do is and pick up rocks. rock leaves. leaves. Like, just like, pick up a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And she's like, just do it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, low weight, high rep. Um, yeah. You know, work out, pick up. But then, but that makes it seem like it's about, like, physical strength that you can, like, build up your force muscles to lift heavy things. Right, and what surprised me, and maybe this is just something that, like, develops throughout the series, but I remember so much of, like, Jaina and Jocelyn's, Jason's, <laughs> ability was that they could communicate with each other right. through the force. that' and You didn't see that at all. So this is very small, I don't remember which book it was in, but they did that in utero. Like, yeah, they did do that. It's the, um, the, it's the general... Animal frond. Yeah, like when they're born, they're born at like the end of that. Right. That so that yeah. as Leia is in labor, yeah. she notices that like Jason is using the Force to like comfort Jaina yeah. through like the stress of being born. <laughs> <There was> baby. <babies. laughs> I cannot wait. To get to them. I can't wait to get all of them. But that's super interesting. Yeah, and like you don't. I so there's like there's a moment of none that. none of that. They look. They look at each other. and right. Communicate through like. But gesture, but not. That's a normal, force. just like people look at each other thing, right? Because um, right. even like twins that don't have the force in literature and film are often like intuitive with each other, and they didn't seem to have any no at all no which I thought was was strange because to me like that's the, one of the defining features of them as like a pair of characters, um, but like the force like they use the force here and there, but like not as much as you would think considering this is the Jedi. <laughs> no, no. Like, it's mostly like, okay, we'll do some lifting and we'll move some stuff around with the Force and then we'll go do what we're actually interested in. Right. Which does not involve the Force, Force right. at all. Like, I'm just going to chase it's going <laughs> to take me three books No it. problem. <laughs> Jason like comes tries a lot to like calm his animals or like right. and like that works to a little bit. Like it doesn't, he's not excellent at no, that. No, it's not that strong. And like, God help that poor crystal snake just wants to taste yeah. freedom. Like. Might be my favorite <laughs> 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 character. He looks he sounds so gorgeous. It like does. when they describe the crystal snake and how like you can't see him, but like when the light hits him, it reminded me a little bit of like Fantastic Beasts. Like Yeah, the, yeah. I forget what that. Is snake creature was. Right, but I remember. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it, it just sounded so beautiful. <laughs> like, <this laughs> and it energy. just keeps escaping. Yeah, and I'm like, Jesus, just let it live. Let the crystal snake go. Let it his if he doesn't want to be with you. No, know. he's got, that's the thing, like, they refer to them as pets, but they're clearly not pets. No, they're not at all pets, yeah. And like, he doesn't have, name them. No. Yeah, that's see, yeah, he's definitely like a naturalist. Yeah. <laughs> a, like a Steve Irwin sort of type, where he's sort of, like, in love with his... No, he's, baby. like, the... It was reminding me of those, like, Victorian-era yes. kind of naturalists. like, draw a picture. Draw a picture in your field journal, or, like, pin all the butterflies yeah. up on the wall. Like, that's how you show you love butterflies, is by, like, capturing <laughs> and killing them. And you would think that, like, he would have a pet. Like, that would make really some Like, a sense. sidekick pet. Yeah, for that character, but it doesn't. And then Jaina's talent, or, like, special force talent, which is, like, mechanical things, which I could see, like, why the Force would be, like, useful in that, but it doesn't really directly... No, I don't orally. totally see how you... I mean, the, the, the whole thing with the Force is that it, like, binds all living things together. Right, and that's... Why does that make you good at engines? Right. Like, she does this, like, garbage in her room. Like, <laughs> she's, just, like, filled with, like, old parts of things, which, like, is an awesome talent, and... But and, then droids can also be Jedi's or be Force-sensitive. Right, sensitive. right. So we should talk we about we need it. to talk about EMTDs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> subjectivity and this is a small thing but uh did you have where was it jarring for you it was jarring for me the way that they spelled out the droid's yes. names i was have i was having a yeah. real struggle <laughs> Sorry with that. that so like c3po mm-hmm. is spelled out like s e e 3 p o yeah and MTD is e m t d e yeah um yeah that was a little bit hard it was hard to like translate it in my head because I'm so used to just seeing the abbreviations yeah. and I mean I'm used to seeing I can handle it with um like 3PO and, and R2, R2 yeah but like it was a real goal. it was a real adjustment yeah so, MTD is basically, I refer to him as a Fanny Pack. It's <laughs> Fanny Pack 3PO. <laughs> fanny Pack 3PO. I didn't remember that like, he had 3PO's voice. Oh, I remember that. That was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? I remember being very annoyed by the inclusion of EMTD because like, 3PO was always, like, I hated 3PO in yeah. like, the movies and stuff. And I think it was just like, my over-identification with Han that I like, yeah. loved Han so much and right. Han <laughs> thought 3PO was annoying so I thought 3PO was annoying. Yeah, um, but like so, he comes with Lobaka um, yeah. as a translate translation for it. Another point that I meant to make earlier: How come they, they don't speak? What, what the hell is the, up with that? They you know, do not speak Wookiee, or it's not that they don't speak it; it's that they do not understand. They don't understand Wookiee, which is shameful. It's like ugh. like if I was Han, I'd be like, you know what? You don't get a translation for <laughs> it; you just have to like learn to understand Wookiee. You know, like, how to do not learn like that? if nothing else, speaks to how little time they've spent with their parents. Yeah. That they don't speak, they don't understand the language. Um, Even just, like, enough to get... Enough to get by, yeah. Like, they don't understand it at all. No, and, like, they end up, I remember as the books progress, they end up picking up a good bit of it. It gets to where they can basically understand him without uh, EMTD, which means that it's not that Impossible yeah. to pick up. Right, right. So the fact that's outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> like it is. It's a shame.
1: Shame on both. Of them. It's
0: outrageous. It's outrageous that Jason and Jaina haven't had like enough interest to yeah. learn, and it's outrageous that Han did not like emphasize me, it in sure. enough. Like that they would, they would know. Yeah. So they need this droid to translate Obaka, and so he basically like clips on to like the belts belt, and it's belt. like <laughs> taken around. <laughs> and we do, as you mentioned earlier, get a chapter. From his perspective. In fact, He falls off Loey's um, belt and ends up, like, in the trees or in the forest on Yavin 4. And, and he like, gets picked up by, like, monkey-ish kind of creatures. Yeah, what were they? Yeah, he gets picked up by Wollamanders. Yeah, they're, that are, like, like, playing yeah. with him. I had to Google a picture of But, like, he finds this stressful. Yeah, like, he's, he's, like anxious about Yeah, it. he wants to be found by, like, the right, like, the people who are yeah. his friends, right. and... Yeah, it was, like, a little bit... Like, I felt so sad for him. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I mean, it goes, I guess, to the larger issue of, like, how droids exist or are treated in the Star Wars universe, right. because, like, on the one hand, they're very much just, like, objects and property, right. and, like, you can, like like, you can yeah. buy used, and you can, you know, wipe them and all, and, like, that's fine, but then... They seem to have like legit personalities right. and subjectivity. And I guess you could argue that that's just part of like the function to make them useful. Right. But then, in this, we see like that's not right the case. Yeah. And I mean, you also get plenty of that in like the movies. Like three PO's anxieties about like being deactivated means right. like droids fear death. Yeah, um, and like three PO has a good reason to. Yeah, he's been deactivated a, <laughs> a lot. lot. <laughs> and uh, they have even in Jabba's palace Return of the Jedi, there's like a droid being tortured. Yeah, that like, and that as a child was like I. That was scary. Like <laughs> he's being tortured with like heat like, and, like, and like crying. Yeah, he feels like why did they design this robot right. to feel pain? Yeah, and so <laughs> we need to talk about. We need to talk oh, about Quarrel. Coral. We need to talk about the, the end of the book, Yeah, essentially. And it, it seems to happen quite late in the book that we even get this sort of antagonist. Stuff. Right. So Quarrel is like a the holdout from the Death Star battle yeah. who refuses to believe that the Empire has fallen, right. believes that like surrender is betrayal. Um, he has like some catchphrases that he's really gotten attached to yeah. in the last 20 years. No, he hasn't been like, talking to anybody. <laughs> no. <it's laughs> himself? Himself, Maybe. I guess. Yeah, he doesn't, so yeah. Jason is the one who who finds who where finds Coral him. lives. Um he sort of like made their sort of camp. It's been 23 years. Like he's yeah. been there a while. It's <laughs> been a really long time. time. Like he's got a whole life. But I mean this is I guess again similar to like the historic yes. Japanese World War 2 holdouts yeah, yeah, like the yeah. last of him surrendered in I think 1974. Yeah. So like the timeline is yeah. I mean that's got to be a direct inspiration. Yeah. For Sure. Um, but he, so he comes back, he has noticed that they are fixing his TIE fighter and is apparently canny enough to be like, great. Right. Yeah, he <laughs> do yeah, this is a wonderful idea. And they are even thoughtful enough to install a hyperdrive in it. Right. Which is gifted to Jaina by Hanzo, uh-huh. who's just like, tinker around and like, see what you can do with this. And she's like, let's put it in the TIE fighter. Which I mean, makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess, guess. But yes. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? But again, a lot of her stuff is just like to see if she can right. do it right. And I and I was interested in that this idea that these parts are so like interchangeable from spaceship to spaceship yeah. that like she could actually spa- that's like things that travel at the speed of light through space are basically like 1950s cars. And right. You can put like the engine from the lawnmower into right. the Chevy <laughs> you know, and it'll fun. like run. <laughs> yeah, because like tie fighters are. Like, even the physicality of, like, a TIE fighter, it seems like traveling that fast through space... Yeah, like, not it's really not built, built for, for that. that. You know, even how like what's, what's going to keep hyperdrive. it from just, like, falling apart yeah. in hyperspace? I guess he makes it fine, because he does come He gets to show up, so he's okay. But um, but he he captures Jason and Jaina. Yes. That um, he comes out, he takes a shot, and Tenelka's uh, sort of dathomir uh, training and instincts kick in. Right. She makes it out. Uh, Loey makes okay, it out, up the trees. and Jason and Jaina, like, Jason literally, like, trips and falls. Yeah. And I that's have, why they get caught. I find it really interesting that, like, who the two characters who are, like, the main two characters and are, I guess, logically supposed to be our heroes in yeah. these books, are the ones who are, like, the ones who got captured and the ones who are literally just, like, sitting there, like, waiting for people <laughs> to save them. Yeah, they sort of have the least, like, initiative and the least, like, skill. Yeah. Yeah, or at least, like, useful skills that could be, you know, and eventually they figure out, like, how to use those skills to their advantage, but it takes them a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of so he... Uh He demands that they finish fixing the TIE fighter, which they ultimately do. They try to convince him that the Empire has fallen just to no avail. They try to use, like, force mind control on him. And he's essentially immune to it, which I I found this interesting, that his thinking was so rigid that he could not be, he was not suggestible. Even though, like, stormtroopers are historically the most Most, suggestible. Um, I, I don't know if it was meant to imply that, like, they're not that good. That would easily it. make sense. That, like, you know, that it could work a little bit, but his mind is very, he's, you know, and maybe it's just because he's been by himself for so long and he's just, like, repeated these thoughts over and over again that he's sort of built this wall. But at the same time, like, they're also, like, not great. Yeah. <laughs> She's just the they're not doing a wonderful job at yeah. this. Yeah. So they, they fix the TIE fighter, and he just, like, leaves them there. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I mean
0: yeah, he was like thinking about killing him, but it's like, well, you guys help me out. So Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's supposed to be like suspenseful whether or not they're going to be okay when right. he leaves them there, but they're of fine. course they're gonna be fine. Right. Like of course someone's <laughs> gonna come find them. Yeah, and, and so yeah, like Lowy is the one who gets out first and, and he runs the Jedi Academy and has lost um, MTD, so like he can no one can no one speaks Wookiee right. for the entire Jedi Academy. And he's trying to explain to them that Johnson Dana have been kidnapped. They eventually figure out that, like, well, let's just call Han. Right. Thank God we can do that. Right. We can't call Lamb. No, we Han can call Han. Is, like, Han is just like a hop skip and a jump away. <laughs> helping out Lando or like checking in on Lando about something. And so he and Chewie uh, Lando apparently has guns, whatever up yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I that, think we see Lando I think we it, do. It's either the next book or the one after where we get to check in with this Lando. Is, um, laying down the groundwork for I think maybe the next trilogy like he comes like a lot of this his projects and up. a lot out. of what we're getting now is stuff I think that we go straight into in greater detail in the yeah, next book so yeah. Han has a brief um, sort of aerial confrontation with the yeah. TIE fighter um, he leaves and then they go pick up Jason and Jaina yeah. and that's pretty and much fine. It. should we just do like a little bit of like a lightning round like random thoughts yeah. that are let's do it <laughs> go for it that are there okay so this is – it seemed weird to me that Luke started his lecture with May the Force Be With You. Yeah. I was really used to that it's as like a, goodbye. a goodbye. I don't think I've ever heard that as a hello. It was sounded – it seemed like church. Yeah. I thought they were going to say, and also with you. Yeah. <laughs> it did seem like a sort of, like, weird ceremony. I, I was really interested in the sort of, like, storytellingness of, like, training. Right. You know, because both Luke tells the story about Exerciune – um, and this, like, student who went bad, which is, like, so much related to some of the Kylo Ren. Stuff. I wrote that down where he says that he was an Imperial spy. Well, Kylo wasn't an Imperial spy. Um, says, he, during one part of his training, I sent him on an illusionary quest that would seem mm-hmm. real to him, a test that made him face himself, which is very much like Luke's own right. uh, quest into the cave in Empire Strikes Back. Brachus had to look inward to see his very core in a way that no one else could ever see. I'd hoped the test would heal him, but instead Brachus lost that battle. Perhaps he was simply not prepared to confront what he saw inside himself. It broke him somehow. He fled from this jungle moon, and I believe he went straight back to the Empire, taking with him everything that I had taught him of the Jedi way. So, very similar to Kylo, yeah. we have like a confrontation with a student that is intended to bring him back into the fold, and instead, like... Right irreversibly sends him away. Right. But, like, it seems like Luke really, uh, blames Bracus for it yes. here. Yeah. And, like, in, uh... Like I about this. Yeah, he doesn't take any of that on his own shoulders. Yeah. In a way that, like, Luke in the movies we now know ended up doing. That right. he felt, like, super responsible. Yeah, he just kept going, kept teaching. And Luke <laughs> was is, like, yeah. I guess he wasn't ready. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I... It, it's interesting the way, and I, maybe it's just, like, Stepping my toes back into this world and like how they talk about things, but how much the empire is just like, yeah, it still exists. Like, there's still remnants of the empire. Yeah, but, like he went off to the empire. Right. And it's like, well, isn't it? A, didn't we defeat the empire? Like, but no, no, no. Like, I feel like we should call it something else now. Yeah. Like, they're not an empire, right? right. Like, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he tells a story about Brachus. And then when Tion takes over, she also tells, like, through song, like, tells this sort of story. Like, it's a very interesting, like, Gather around, students. Like, yeah, sit down, and we'll tell you the story. And I mean, I guess it makes sense that, like, the Jedi—they are a religious order. Yes, and it seems like they instruct mostly through parable, right? <laughs> well, I'll just Tell you the story, and you'll learn something from it, and then you can just go do your own whatever it is. Yeah, it does feel like I didn't really think about it, but it, you're right. It does feel like a very religious sort of, um, like, religious tinged kind of yeah. And you know, I mean, relationship like, between the students and the and, teacher. Like, on the one hand, that makes sense. But on the other hand, you know, we have seen Jedi turning before in Empire Strikes Back. And that was, like, very different. Right. You know, Yoda was like, you know, yes, we do have beliefs. We do have, like, an we've had an order. But, like, I'm also, you will go out there and, like, move rocks and pick up an X-Wing right. and, like do, do stuff. Not. Like, yeah. he, here's how you use the Force. Here's how you master the Force. Right. this seems to be much more, like, think about the Force. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. How much do you think it costs to go to the Jedi? <laughs> like no. another another question that was pressing on me. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> is this something that Luke like makes money doing? Even enough money just to sustain it, or like? Is it funded by? <laughs> I feel like it must have a government grant. By uh, what is the government called in this? The New Republic. The New Republic. That's right. I'm <laughs> like I keep wanting to say like other versions. Like, like I, the I think New they must yeah. just have like New Republic grants that are, yeah, that are funding. sustaining this. Like, there can't be tuition. No. Or maybe it could be because he seems to exclusively recruit royalty. Yeah, like, yeah that's a really good question. I, I feel like there does end up being characters who are not royalty, but I can't remember who they are. You know, and, like, early on, they weren't. But, right, right. But here we've got Jason and Jaina who are – essentially the children of the most important people in the galaxy. Timmelka, who is the heir and princess of one of the most, like, the wealthiest royal families out there. Raynar. Raynar. (laughs) I don't know. I want to know a lot more about his family than I get to know, but, like, Raynar is obviously from, like, a royal... And he wears, like, his house's royal colors and all that kind of stuff. And Lobaka, who is not royalty, but... Right, has connections. It's connected to Chewie. I mean, it does seem like even from the J Academy trilogy that Luke just like stumbles on these people and, and maybe it's just you know because these are his friends like you know he, he knows the older and Tenennial like they were friends of his and like it's just like oh I have this academy you're trying yes. to be like somewhat force sensitive well bring him over <laughs> and he just happens to know and be friends and lay on Han as well with yeah. the wealthier more elite he's just an upper class kind of guy yeah from uh, you know, from his humble days, yeah. and I guess you know maybe it has to do with the fact that like he doesn't actually have to go searching for people anymore. No, now so like, these just... are just the people who come to him. But it just it seems like kind of a shame because you know Luke's own experience right. as uh, should teach him right. that you know you can come from very humble right. beginnings, even moisture farmers, even moisture mm-hmm. farmers who Bigs Dark didn't think you were ever getting off yeah. that rock, but need moisture farmers, but Luke was in many ways, like, a prince in hiding Right. When he right. was a moisture he farmer. Was so like, there's, like, this... Uh, the one right kind of character, even though he wasn't. No, so in some ways, way. these books are, like, sort of continuing that, like, legacy that was ultimately upset in the movies in right. Last Jedi. So, right. I mean, maybe this, like, even further trained, uh, like, Star Wars fans to expect, like, a right. certain, like, pedigree from right. your Star Wars main <laughs> right. character. Right. That your Jedi have to have some sort of legacy, even if it's a legacy that's hidden... Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's sort of interesting yeah. in light of The Last Jedi to read this. It makes it very different. And I think also reading this makes uh, Laura Dern's character in The Last Jedi yeah. all that much more, like, interesting where she doesn't have, like, a rejection of a feminine identity like right. Kaw or a fraught relation with a feminine identity like Jaina. Right. That she just is, like, gorgeous and... Right very competent at right. what she does and right. there's no like perceived contradiction right there right so like a tomboy she's not you know she's just killing yeah, it she's just on all levels <laughs> <laughs> and let's see anything else that we wanted to, to talk uh, about what, here we hit at one point this is tiny but at one point uh, Jaina describes Lando as their friend, their father's dark and dashing yeah. friend, and I, I yeah, did not care for I that. Know, <laughs> I know that too. I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't, so
1: I don't care for that,
0: that at all. Yeah. Oh. I that. I feel like we've covered everything that I. Yeah, I, think I we wrote down. Everything. Yeah, so. I think we're off to a, a really good start here yeah. in, the force, in the the Young Jedi Knight series. Yeah. I, think we, I think we started in the right place, and mm-hmm. we've got a lot more to explore. And I'm going to be interested to see how many of these themes continue to emerge, especially given sort of our starting point of this idea of, like, connections to girlhood. Right. The, like, depiction of, like, female adolescence is very front and center in a way I didn't completely remember. I was yeah. sort of surprised to see it. And on the one hand, I'm not – you know, I wish that it wasn't necessarily, like, such a fraught thing. But on the other hand, I kind of like – I feel like it's handled well. Yeah. I think that it's handled very realistically. For sure. And I think it makes sense, like, for who these people are. So I'm yeah. interested to watch them. And Jaina and Tanoka, I feel like, are the mo- most – well-rounded characters. characters coming out of this first book. book. Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see how they how they continue. So the next book is uh, Shadow, Academy, Shadow Academy. And i got to say, the woman on the cover of Shadow Academy, I mean, like... I don't remember... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, um, like, a lot of leather and a lot of big hair. Big hair, leather, spikes, and I'm pretty sure she's holding a whip. Yeah, it's just some sort of, like, like Boustier. Like like a scaly Boustier. Yeah. She's very Dominatrix. She's got a strong I don't remember. Like this the character. space dominatrix thing going on here on the cover of this book. Yeah. I only I remember that cover vividly. I do not remember her as a character. She's got that thing going on where uh she's like a woman warrior whose like armor is like has a cup for each individual yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost, I mean, it's a very like science fiction. Yeah. Like, but soft-comers. she doesn't look like a Star Wars character no. to me. I mean, Jason yeah. and Jada here on the front looking grim. They look like Star That's wars Eve really but... Yeah, I my vague recollection is that she's, like, in charge of the Shadow Academy. I think Bracus is in charge of the Shadow oh. Academy. I think she's, like, his right-hand no. kind of enforcer person. But we're going to find... Yeah, we're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find <laughs> out, so, so stay tuned, and we will be back with, yeah. with book two, Shadow Academy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Adolescence After Alderon. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Join in with us online to keep up with the latest and let us know your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Adolescence underscore Alderon. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Both of those accounts are named Adolescence After Alderon. Or just send us an email, AdolescenceAfterAlderaan at gmail.com. We also have a blog with show notes, Alderon.wordpress.com. Thanks again. Bye.